Mike's Daily Podcast. What I meant to do was to bring you a podcast like on Friday. Mike's Daily Podcast. But I got interrupted. Oh, I was supposed to do one on Thursday too. And yesterday... So this hasn't been really a daily podcast cafe anyway is where we're broadcasting from somewhere in Podcaster Valley Ton. It's a great place to go. Bring your daughter, bring your son, or bring no one. I don't care, but it's Mike, because I'm here, finally, doing a show. Mike's Daily Podcast. It's been busy. My life's been busy. And then I've been spending time with my lovely lady friend. Mike's. And our cat. Daily. Rock Hay. Podcast. Did we have a picture of Rock Hay? Yeah. In the last podcast? No, but the podcast picture before that, FF episode 2567 panel. The panel is for loading and unloading the front, whatever that is. And in lap was the last podcast where I played that clip that I was just uh, referring to. And that was FF episode 2568. Talking lap because the cat was on my lap. Not wearing a hat, because it was not a Dr. Seuss thing. So I've been playing around with that chat GBT thing, that Bing thing, because I've had Bing for a long time. Almost eight years. Somebody I worked with, a coworker, was like, you know, you can get points if you use Bing. And I said, wait, what? So I signed up, and then I was able to, like, every time I did a search, I got some points, and then eventually those points you can cash them out for things. And I love stuff like that. I might get that, at some point, get that gas station app because of that. But I love getting points for things that I do just every day. Here's the, oh, and then through my work, I get points for walking and getting a certain amount of steps in every day. And at some point, I'd like to see if this chat GBT thing this artificial intelligence technology can actually take all the audio from the podcast and print it out, a transcription, if you will. And I would love to read that. I probably would not, I'd probably be very ashamed <laughs> and demoralized if I saw that. But hey, the podcast picture today will be a recent one. I think I got some pictures of snow on the local hills, so I'll post that. Oh. So I heard a climate conspiracy theorist today and oh, the late great Basil the Boxer. He got to see snow once and did not like conspiracy theorists, but hey, there, there, once upon a time, conspiracy theorists referred to someone that had oh, too many conspiracies that were fantasy. They weren't conspiracy. They were fantasy. <laughs> But nowadays, it can refer to anybody who is being misled by information on the internet. And I heard someone today, at first I'm listening to him, I'm like, oh, he, he's talking about climate change and he doesn't want climate change to keep happening. And so he's got all kinds of great ideas about what we can do not to pollute the world, etc. And make, a, make every day Earth Day. But no, he's not a climate change uh, opposite of denier He is a climate change Engineering Conspiracy theorist So basically Did you ever see The video 
So Kate Bush was really big last summer with her song Running Up That Hill. But she had a song called, I think it was called Cloud Chasing, that came out shortly after Running Up That Hill. It, it, the video featured Donald Sutherland, yes, Kiefer's dad. And he's driving around. He's like an inventor of some device that puts clouds up in the sky. And Kate Bush is in it and she's acting all wacky and Kate Bushy and it's great. And there's a lot of driving. There's like a car chase. I don't know what's happening. So and in fact, a part of that song got sampled by a group called, I think they were called 808. And Something Good Is Gonna Happen was the song that came out like in the early 90s. By the way, can you believe, and I'm going to get to the point of this sentence at some point, but the band Depeche Mode, that song Personal Jesus came out in 1990. So we're talking what, is that 10, 30 years? 33 years? You know what blew my mind though? Do you know what song is 20 years old now? I've been meaning to say this on the podcast for a long time, but I keep forgetting to do the podcast. And don't take it because I'm Michael McDonald. I'm Michael Matthews, not Michael McDonald. Because I keep forgetting I do this podcast every day. I keep forgetting because my name is Mike Matthews and this is Mike's Daily Podcast. No, what I'm saying is, is that there was, uh, I was the thing... Uh, snow Patrol Speaking of snow We've got so much snow In the hills Around Podcastro Valley Podcastro Valley 10 Snow Patrol They had that song If I stay here If I just lay here Would you lay with me And let me sing me And it was in Grey's Anatomy Is Grey's Anatomy Still in the air? That's amazing In and of itself But Snow Patrol, that song is over 20 years old now. I think it came out in 2002. Let's see. Grey's Anatomy came... Oh, I might be wrong. Grey's Anatomy came out in 2005. So that means Snow Patrol's... It's called Chasing Cars. That came out... I don't know why I thought it came out in 2002. Ooh, it came out in 2006. I stand corrected. That's still 25 years, though. So quite a quite a long time chasing cars. Northern Irish Scottish alternative rock band Snow Patrol. Dun 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 dun. dun. They had some good stuff, Snow Patrol. Well. That's either here nor there nor anywhere or up there or what's that on the ceiling here at cafe anyway, I don't know. But everybody's enjoying themselves today. Do we believe in climate engineering? There is a California drought manipulation conspiracy theory. Baloney. That proposed that the 2011 to 2017 drought in California, well, I guess we did... We didn't have a drought after 2017. I thought we've had a drought for a long, long time. I thought since 2017. Was a, as we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley. 
Manhattan, the last place on Earth. The conspiracy theory is it, it was a deliberate man-made phenomenon created by weather, weather modification. It is largely promoted by a number of self-proclaimed independent researchers and scientists and by alternative news outlets. The theory has been dismissed by the scientific community, community and mainstream media as fringe science or pseudoscience. The 2011 to 2017 California drought inspired alarm among many leading to the emergency of conspiracy theories purporting to explain the cause of a complex problem using oversimplified and non-evidence-based explanations. Many of the proponents claim that chemtrails are used to affect storm clouds in a manner of suppressing the development of precipitation. So how the heck did they explain all of the snow that's coming down and hitting the mountains now and all the rain happening now? Well, they they don't they're not left they try not to be left out with that as well cuz they say it's not real snow. It's fake snow. This conspiracy theory goes on to say that this would occur because of the presence of too many cloud condensation nuclei or cloud seeds in a single area. Others say that technology similar to HAARP, HARP, a federal ionosphere research program, which was decommissioned in 2015, are being used to create a large and stubborn high pressure area over the west coast of the United States. They claim that this also discourages storms and rainfall. Dane Wingington and his group Geoengineering Watch were among the most visible proponents of this theory. Wigington said that government agencies and other entities have economic and geopolitical motivations to manipulate the weather on the West Coast and elsewhere. Proponents have claimed credibility for the theory in part as a result of a Los Angeles County cloud seeding program that began in 2016. This reinforced the view that government continues to engage in weather modification and or climate engineering. That from Wikipedia, which also says about cloud seeding that its effectiveness, whether cloud seeding is effective in producing a statistically significant increase in precipitation is still a matter of academic debate. A study conducted by the National Academy of Sciences failed to find statistically significant support for the effectiveness of cloud seeding. Based on the report's findings, Stanford University ecologist Rob Jackson said, I think you can squeeze out a little more snow or rain in some places under some conditions, but that's quite different from a program claiming to reliably increase precipitation. This according to Wikipedia. Data similar to that of the NAS study. National Academy of Sciences was acquired in a separate study conducted by the Wyoming Weather Modification Pilot Project. However, whereas the NAS study concluded that it is difficult to show clearly that cloud seeding has a very large effect, the Wyoming Weather Modification Project study concluded that seeding could augment the snowpack by a maximum of 3% over an entire season. 
These are apparently the methods for cloud seeding. Salts. The most common chemicals used for cloud seeding include silver iodide, potassium iodide, and dry ice. Carbon, solid carbon dioxide. Liquid propane, which expands into a gas, has also been used. This can produce ice crystals at higher temperatures than silver iodide. After promising research, the use of hygroscopic materials such as table salt is becoming more popular. When cloud seeding increased snowflake snowfall takes place when temperatures within the clouds are between minus 20 and minus 7 degrees Celsius, induction of a substance such as silver iodide, which has a crystalline structure similar to that of ice, that causes freezing nucleation. In mid-altitude clouds, the usual seeding strategy that has been based on the fact that equi- uh, e- equilibrium vapor pressure is lower over ice than over water. The formation of ice particles in supercooled clouds allows those particles to grow at the expense of liquid droplets. If sufficient growth takes place, the particles become heavy enough to fall as precipitation from clouds that otherwise would produce no precipitation. That is called static seeding. Seeding of warm season or tropical cumulonimbus convective clouds seeks to exploit the latent heat released by freezing. This strategy of dynamic seeding assumes that the additional latent heat adds buoyancy and then strengthens the updrafts and ensures more low-level convergence and ultimately causes rapid growth of properly selected clouds. And then cloud seeding chemicals may be dispersed by aircraft or by uh, dispersion devices located on the ground, which are generators or canisters fired from anti-aircraft guns or rockets. For release by aircraft, silver iodide flares are ignited and dispersed as an aircraft flies through the inflow of a cloud. When released by devices on the ground, the fine particles are carried downwind and upward by air currents after release. Also, they've tried electric charges. Since 2021, the United Arab Emirates has been using a new technology. Drones equipped with payload of electric charge emission instruments and customized sensors fly at low altitudes and deliver an electric charge to air molecules. This method produced a significant rainstorm in July 2021. An electronic mechanism was tested in 2010 when infrared laser pulses were directed to the air above Berlin by researchers from the University of Geneva. The experimenters posited that the pulses would encourage atmospheric silver, sulfur iodide and nitrogen dioxide to form particles that would then act as seeds. This all from Wikipedia. It is, who knows if it's true or not. Silver iodide can cause temporary incapacitation. That's what's being used for seeding, one of the methods. 
or possible residual injury to humans and other mammals with intense or chronic exposure. However, there have been several detailed ecological studies that showed negligible environmental and health impacts. Accumulations in the soil, vegetable, and surface runoff have not been large enough to measure above natural background. So that's that, but I have been hearing a lot about harp, maybe you have two high frequency active auroral research program. The University of Alaska Fairbanks program, it researched the ionosphere. There's a local college station that has a conspiracy theorist guy on there and he talks to someone about harp. And they were, and I, I had no idea what they were talking about, but apparently it is the most prominent instrument at harp is the ionospheric research instrument, a high power radio frequency transmitter facility operating in the high frequency band. The ionospheric research instrument is used to temporarily excite a limited area of the ionosphere. This sounds like Eureka. The show. Did you ever watch the TV show Eureka? My late father's neighbor was not a regular on the show, but she showed up as the wife of the sheriff on that show. She also was on, uh, what was that show? Wonder Years. But yeah, I was watching it one day. I'm like, hey, that's the lady that used to be my dad's neighbor. She was also married to Patrick Leonard or or dated him. I forget which, but Patrick Leonard produced a lot of Madonna albums, was in the band called, uh, uh, what was it called? Something Cabaret? Something Parade? They had that song Last Plane Out. Oh, Toy Matinee. Thank you. Toy Matinee. And then also he produced... A great album that Brian Ferry had. Kiss and Tell, that song. What was that album called? Uh, Limbo. Down in Limbo or something like that. Well, anyway. Oh, and her dad was in the band Manfred Mann. Manfred Mann's Earth Band. And her dad sang the song Blinded by the Light. Which got me into a very interesting conversation with someone. Who... (laughs) This guy's a lawyer and he recited the lyrics to Blinded by the Light, a song written by Bruce Springsteen. Manfred Mann had a huge hit with it in the 70s. He's like, what is that song? What the heck are these lyrics? And at some point, someday, I'm going to sneak that into my podcast because I recorded him talking about it. It was hilarious. Okay. Back to this. Talking about harp real quick. And Alaska, because Alaska is a such a, it's such a beautiful state. I've been there only once. I need to go back. I went on a cruise ship. It was a very fun trip. My last big trip with my grandma was on a cruise ship in Alaska. My dad was there. It was a wonderful trip. But I don't remember Harp. So the insights gleaned at Harp and basically manipulating the natural ionosphere with radio signals will enable scientists to develop methods to mitigate 
these effects to improve the reliability or performance of communication and navigation systems, which had a wide range of both civilian and military use, such as increased accuracy of GPS navigation and advances in underwater and underground research and applications. This may lead, among other things, to improved methods for submarine communication or an ability to remotely sense and map the mineral content of the terrestrial subsurface and perhaps underground complexes of regions of countries. The current facility lacks range to be used in regions such as the oil-rich Middle East, according to one of the researchers involved, but the technology could put on a mobile platform It was originally funded by the Office of Naval Research and jointly managed with the Air Force Research Laboratory with principal involvement of the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Many other universities were involved. The project's specifications were developed by the universities who continue to play a major role in the design of future research efforts. What in, what in the world was that about? The project strove for openness and all activities were logged and publicly available. A practice which continues under the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Scientists without security clearance, even foreign nationals, were routinely allowed on site, which also continues today. Harp oh, hosts an open house annually during which time any civilian can tour the entire facility. Scientific results obtained using HARP are routinely published in major research journals. So that is the main instrument at HARP is the Ionosphere Research Instrument, the IRI. This high power, high frequency phased array of radio transmitters with a set of 180 antennas Disposed in an array of 12 by 15 units that occupy a rectangle of about 30 to 40 acres. The IRI is used to temporarily energize a small portion of the ionosphere. The study of these disturbed volumes yields important information on understanding natural ionospheric processes. So this whole thing is like the big old conspiracy theory generator. It's the subject of numerous theories. Various individuals have speculated about hidden motivation and capabilities of the project. Rosalie Bertel warned in 1996 about the deployment of HARP as a military weapon. Uh, Some have suggested it could trigger floods, hurricanes, droughts, and earthquakes. It's been blamed for generating catastrophes, thunderstorms, all over the world, power outages, the downing of TWA Flight 800, Gulf War Syndrome, Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, all blamed by it. Two Georgia men arrested on drug charges in November 16, 2016 rather, were reportedly plotting domestic terrorism based on conspiracy theories about heart. The Coffee County Sheriff's Office said the men possessed a massive arsenal that included AR-15 rifles, Glock handguns, Remington rifle, thousands of rounds of ammunition. The police said the men wanted to destroy Hart because they believe the facility manipulates the weather. And it also controls minds and even traps the souls of people. 
Police said the men confessed that God told them to go and blow this machine up that kept souls so souls then could be released. A Stanford University professor named Imran Inan told Popular Science that weather control conspiracy theories were completely uninformed, explaining that, quote, there is absolutely nothing we can do to disturb the Earth's weather systems. Even though the power HARP radiates is very large, it's minuscule compared with the power of a lightning flash. And there are 50 to 100 lightning flashes every second. HARP's intensity is very small. Unquote. Computer scientist David Natich characterizes HARP as a magnet for conspiracy theories saying that harp attracts their attention because quote its purpose seems deeply mysterious to the scientifically uninformed journalist sharon weinberger called harp the moby dick of conspiracy theories and said the popularity of conspiracy theories often overshadows the benefits that harp may provide to the scientific community austin baird writing in the alaska dispatch said what makes HARP susceptible to conspiracy criticism is simple. The facility doesn't open its doors in the same way as other federally funded research facilities around the country, and it doesn't go to great efforts to explain the importance of its research to the public. In 2016, in response to these claims, the University of Alaska Fairbanks Geophysical Institute, which manages the facility, announced that HARP will host an open house in August, allowing visitors to tour the complex. And that was mentioned earlier. But yeah, all of that from Wikipedia. And I just, I noticed this thing with conspiracy theorists. When they talk to you, they bury you in data. They just... It's a deluge of data And all this information And you don't have time to verify any of it It's just pounded on top of you And then they're like uh, And you know da, da, da. And then maybe they'll reference something that is true And you go oh that's true So maybe the rest of everything else he said is true No Maybe he let one little true thing go by The rest of it is fantasy Living in a fantasy world That's just how I see it Now I have grown up around conspiracy theorists. I'm 54 years old when I was, gosh, so 40 years ago when I was 14, I was at a Baptist elementary school. And the alarmists there were all about telling us that the end of the world was coming, that Jesus was coming back. And I don't know, you know, if you're a Christian, you probably believe that Jesus will come back someday. but. To them, it was absolutely imperative that Jesus came back like now. Like, and this is, so this is 40 years ago. And as I recall, he did not return at that time. But all of this, the weight, my little aside there is Christianity. In order for Christianity to survive, it does not need Jesus to come back like now. And... Yes, that everybody wants to be with Jesus again. You'll be with Jesus when you're dead. And you've followed all the dogma that you have to follow, etc. In order, if you are a Christian, you believe that. But there is the 
this whole imperative nature of it's got he's got to come back now is what I was living with at the time a young 14 year old trying to figure out what what are they saying what credit cards they're they're from the devil and they've got little chips in them and this is back when they didn't have chips they were just magnet strips magnetic strips but yeah this oh and the computer that's all from Satan I, I'll never forget. I wanted to take a computer class and back then we're dealing with real floppy disks like the ones that you it, they were floppy they you could manipulate them they were like a piece of paper and then later the hard floppy disk or hard disk or whatever they called it you would save stuff on that but this <laughs> this teacher as we're taking the class and I I wanted to take this computer class. It was an extra class that she was offering sometime during the week, like on a Wednesday night. And instead of teaching us all the stuff we needed to know, she spent like the whole first class talking about how the devil was manipulating computers to bring about Armageddon and the last days and the tribulation and all that stuff. So I I was exposed to that over and over and over again for all my young years. And what was funny was my mom wasn't a Baptist, wasn't a believer in that way, didn't believe in their dogma. And she's just, you know, trying to reassure me. Because mom, they were saying that the end of the world's happening tomorrow. Oh my gosh. And I'm freaking out. She's like, no, 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 no. That, that, that's just their thing. Just go to the school and they've got really good teachers there and it's really close to the house and it doesn't cost a lot. Just to, you know, just go. Don't let it worry you. Well, that's easier said than done. It worried the heck out of me. I'm not, I'm not used to, as you're, you know, when you're trusting, a young trusting child, trusting your adults. Now, a lot of kids learn from an early age, don't trust adults. Or maybe they're exposed to a lot of adults that are very untrustworthy, so they they learn a lesson younger, which is sad. But they they should be surrounded by helpful, uh, reinforcing adults that give them a strong background and a strong foundation. But yeah, if you if you're trying to trust what you're hearing from teacher a teacher for gosh sakes a mathematics teacher and she's telling me that satan is manipulating the computer okay let's learn the computer now and i was very interesting of computers for a long time it wasn't until i got older and i'm like hey wow these computers can do a lot of good but that's how humans are aren't we we live in fear we're very fearful beings and we need to have courage we need to avoid these Crazy fantasy our, our imaginations can go just wild Crazy The stuff we come up with Really And you show me a conspiracy theorist I'll show you somebody who has a lot uh, Too much time on their hands And they just maybe need to redirect Some of that passion to something that really helps people Ah, uh, it's crazy But anyway Cafe anyway I thought that was fascinating. This is interesting. Wow, this is interesting. One more interesting story. Donald Trump was at the CPAC convention. Wrong. 
And he said in a speech in 2016, I declared I am your voice. He spoke for over 100 minutes from a bright blue and red stage in a cavernous ballroom at the closing speech of the CPAC event in Maryland. Today I am... Today I add, I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. He left office in 2020. Yes, so this from The Guardian and David Smith. Is that going to be on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt? I am your retribution. Well... That's a, it's, it sounds like something you, a quote you'd put in a movie just before they slay the villain. Some Marvel movie. Look who's here outside a cafe anyway. Hello, Michael Masters, Madame I love some Marvel movies. Ooh. Are you my retribution? Yes. Are you my hero? Yes. Did I ever tell you that you're my hero? No. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I should have. And look who else is here. Hello, Dave Mike. This is Valentino, the parking attendant. And this is Bison Bentley. Mike, I love talking to people that have conspiracy theories. Day. Yeah, conspiracy day. Excellent. Well, we have a lot of them here in California, but there's a lot of them everywhere. And you can, if you if you've never talked to one. Just go on the internet. You'll find loads. The internet's always been a home for conspiracy theorists. Theory, theorists. And that is what we will call them from now on. Just add that extra syllable and it all makes sense on this podcast. Or does it? You can call me. 510-228-4640. That's 510-228-4640. I'd like to congratulate Kevin who... Eons ago did the segment Addendum with Kevin on my podcast He is engaged Congratulations to him and Rosie So happy for them It was great to see Kevin recently I had not seen him in almost like six months So we got to get caught up And have a couple laughs And talk about people that we used to work with And all that fun stuff And oh how I love to visit Alameda I, I, I don't get out there as much as I'd like to So there's so many cool places to see in the Bay Area And that is one nice thing about California And now we've got the green Green hills We'll see how long that lasts Or maybe it'll be drought again And do you love the fact that Even though California is so Out of the drought I don't care what Everybody's trying to cover their butts Oh no California We're still on a drought we're still in a drought. That's what people keep saying. They won't just say, no. With all the rain we got, with all the snow that's in the mountains, we are not in a drought. Should we waste water? No. Californians, there's one thing we've learned. If you lived in California over the past 10 years, 20 years, you know to conserve water. With It's just an implicit, you've, you've exercised that muscle so many times. Conserving water, all the ideas, taking shorter showers. Don't let the run, don't let the water run forever. When you're washing dishes or watering the lawn or whatever, you just you take precautions. People do their their landscaping different. We're just smarter that way. We've had to be, but 
hopefully that sticks in our brains. But we are not in a drought. And they keep saying, oh, the well waters, the wells that people used. The well, 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 three holes in the ground, the big holes in the ground that were full of water at one point. They're, since we've had years and years of drought, they're now empty. And that's, that's why we're still in a drought, because those wells are empty. That's what they say. And I'm just like, <sighs> I'm, I have a little BS alarm that's going off when I hear that. I may be wrong, but dang, some, I'm having that poker face Natasha Leon moment where I'm just, no, nah, that does not ring true. And that is such a great show. I Every show, I'm on pins and needles because there's always some villain that gets away with all kinds of nasty stuff and has everybody charmed, but she sees right through it. She's got the little alarm going off. It's wonderful. But her voice, Wow. That is the growliest growl I've ever heard. <laughs> How does the sound person work on her? How does the sound person get her mic'd? Oh my gosh, because she talks at such a low whisper. How are we hearing any? It's kind of like Alec Baldwin. You can't hear anything because it's such a low. It's crazy. But she's amazing. It's a great show. Next show, it'll be the wonderful Shelly Shuhart, Floyd the Floorman, John Deere the Engineer. You can call, chime in about anything. Call us here at Cafe Anyway, 510-228-4640. And we will listen to your comment in the section emails from email or your, your common, not so comments. And with more ways to reach me, it's A-Frame. Oh, just a second, A-Frame. I was just reminded very quickly, one of the first times I visited Berkeley... I was walking down that main street there with all the crazy shops on it. And there was a theater that was long since gone, but they kept the marquee up. And on the marquee, it said a something that really pertains to today's podcast. And I will say what it is now. I took a picture of it, but I, I doubt I have it. I'll be able to find it to put, put in the podcast picture. But the, the sign said, a two-legged animal will believe anything. So true. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.